Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Hello again, friends, and welcome into Gamecock Central Radio. It's Emerson Phillips joined by Gamecock Central columnist Scott Davis. Scott lives in Atlanta. He's a University of South Carolina alum, and he brings us a fan's perspective with a touch of humor every week. Scott, good to have you again this week, man. How is everything? Everything's great, man. The Gamecocks are 7-3. and three. They just beat the Florida Gators for the fifth time in uh, the last eight years, and they have a very good chance of winning their eighth game this weekend against Wofford, and I just don't think there were that many people, myself included, who felt like the Gamecocks would end up winning eight ball games in 2017. So they may not have been all of them impressive, glorious things to watch, but the bottom line is South Carolina has defeated the teams it should have defeated this season, with the exception maybe of Kentucky. So that's really all you can do. And it's a great sign of progress for Will Muschamp in his second year. That's right. If Georgia beats Kentucky this weekend, the Gamecocks will finish alone in second place in the SEC East. And, Scott, one group that certainly did not think the Gamecocks would win eight games this year is the SEC Network. <laughs> I've called them out just about every week just because it's uh, it's been so much fun doing it. I didn't think probably that the Gamecocks would win eight games, assuming they beat Wofford, but... I did, I did think they had a chance to be better than four and eight, which was the preseason um, pick by the SEC Network, who liked them to lose to Missouri. Uh, certainly had them losing to both Florida and Tennessee. Don't think anybody realized what in the world was going to happen to those two programs this season. But uh, looking back on it now, South Carolina's outperformed expectations. And that's a very good sign. So, Scott, the Gamecocks handled Florida this weekend, you know, kind of a topsy-turvy ball game. And you wrote about the history between the Gamecocks and the Gators. You know, it was not good for South Carolina for a very long time. But then Steve Spurrier arrived in Columbia and helped get that turned around. And as you mentioned to open our podcast today, the Gamecocks have now beaten Florida five of the last eight. Yeah, they have. And uh, Florida dominated this series for uh, over a decade, well over a decade, and as I mentioned in the column, there was a period of time where you just started every season with that Florida game already counting as an as an L. You just knew you weren't going to win it. There was nothing you could do to beat those guys. And now South Carolina has established the upper hand in the <laughs> in the series, and that's pretty exciting. Florida, of course, is in total turmoil. They're in a complete free fall right now. We don't know who their next head coach will be. Um, maybe it'll be somebody who comes in and revitalizes the program. But Florida and Tennessee both have really kind of hit a, a state of doldrums here 
where they brought in new coaches and just haven't been able to get them going. And in some cases, you might even say that they haven't given them really much time at all to establish a program. I think Will Muschamp would agree with that statement. Uh, so with Florida and Tennessee down, the time is absolutely right for the Gamecocks to establish themselves along with Georgia as the premier contenders in the SEC East going forward. 25 years the Gamecocks have been in the SEC, and it's taken a long time, but uh, finally South Carolina has gone from hoping to beat Florida to expecting to beat Florida, as was the case this past weekend. And that brings us to the headline of your column this week, Scott, which is a program in progress. You talked about uh, Spurrier beating Florida in 2005 and what an indelible impression that made on you and what a memory you're left with from that. And then a similar situation with Will Muschamp on Saturday, Scott. Yeah, I could tell he was very excited about this win. He obviously wasn't going to gloat publicly about it. That's just not what he does. But he he didn't really seem all that interested in rehashing his tenure at Florida during the week before the game. In fact, um, mostly all he would say about it was simply that he had a great experience there and fond memories of the people there. But, but you could see on his face that this meant a lot to him, and he knows what this kind of win means for the Gamecocks to continue to beat Florida. He's now shown in his second year that he can defeat, you know, pretty much anybody in the SEC. He's he's still got a few humps to overcome, but we we now know that Will Muschamp can build a good, solid, contending team at, at USC. And so I think that was where a lot of his excitement was coming from, and I felt it as well. Crazy ball game Saturday, Scott. The Gamecocks rolled up about 470 yards of offense, only scored 28 points, and the four turnovers that South Carolina had had a lot to do with that, obviously. Yeah, they, <laughs> that was uh, that was the story of the game, really. It was the reason why the Gamecocks found themselves yet again trying to hold somebody off who had the ball and try to keep them from uh, tying or winning the game in the closing second. It's happened four times this season. And the Gamecocks just don't seem to appear able right now, unfortunately, to just really throttle somebody that they have the upper hand against and just usher them out of the stadium in humiliation. (laughs) They just can't seem to do it. And so Jake Mintley had probably his worst day in a Gamecock uniform since he's been the quarterback at South Carolina. He did have some some strong throws, but anytime you've got three picks on your ledger in one single game, that's probably not where you want to be. And some of them, unfortunately to me, did not appear to be throws that, um, you know, a receiver ran the wrong route or there was clear miscommunication. They were just some that were absolutely thrown into harm's way. And he looked very dejected on the sidelines after one of them, which leads you to believe that, he definitely felt he was at fault for those throws. So those are the kind of things that have got to get cleaned up. And if South Carolina wants to even think about competing in that game at the end of the year, and they uh, are going to have to play mistake-free football, it's something they, they haven't quite been able to do this year, but they're winning anyway. Gamecock Central Radio, Emerson Phillips with Scott Davis here. And we're talking about Scott's column this week that is up on GamecockCentral.com right now. The headline is A Program in Progress. And we hope that you have downloaded the Gamecock Central Radio phone app that's available on the App Store and on Google Play to subscribe to our podcast. Search for Gamecock Central Radio on iTunes, SoundCloud, and other popular services, or just visit radio.gamecockcentral.com. 
And we have set up a new phone number that allows you to take part in the Gamecock Central podcast. The Gamecock Central hotline number is 803-497-9058. It's 803-497-9058. You can call the Gamecock Central hotline. We're taking your calls and questions on the Wofford game that's coming up this Saturday. Leave us a voice message with your question, comment, or feedback, and Wes Mitchell and Chris Clark will answer your questions on this Saturday's game day edition of Gamecock Central Radio. And we will play a recording of your voice uh, on the game day podcast. So get involved with Gamecock Central Podcast on the GC Hotline 497-9058. Scott, a weekly staple of your column is Debo Samuel Large Pepperoni Pizza Game Balls. And we got some Debos this week after that win over Florida. Gamecock 7-3, and three, and they wrap up SEC play 5-3 and three with a winning record. So I thought that was a tremendous accomplishment for Will Muschamp and his Gamecock football team to go 5-3 and three with the injuries and all the problems that South Carolina's had this year. Yeah, that number meant a lot to me as well, Emerson. Um, I really wanted a winning SEC record because that's the kind of thing you can tell recruits. Literally, we are winning in the Southeastern Conference. And as you mentioned, Steve Spurrier went uh, had a couple of uh, years of doing um, six and two, uh, something along those lines. But um, South Carolina has very t- typically been a four and four and maybe even worse type team in the SEC since they joined it. So anytime you see more wins than losses uh, on that side of the uh, stat sheet, that's a very good positive sign for where things are headed. And uh, so the running game on Saturday was the most pleasant surprise. I think South Carolina felt very clearly they could run the football and they did do just that. Um, AJ Turner, Another huge day once Debo Samuel went down. You know, Tyson Williams got denied uh, sometimes, but A.J. Turner clearly now is the go-to guy running back. And Mon Denson filling in with some more strong runs. He runs uh, with a style that South Carolina fans enjoy watching because it's punishing. Scott, another game ball for the uh, vanishing legacy of this uh, once strong Florida defense. It seems that the more players that Will Muschamp recruited leave the program, the worse mm-hmm. Florida's defense has gotten. The farther and farther away they get from Will Muschamp, <laughs> the, the worse that defense gets. and it, it has gotten slowly worse each season since he left. Was still pretty strong in Jim McElwain's first couple of seasons because uh, – the Gators still had very good players on that side of the ball, but now they're not quite as capable of hiding over uh, their schemes and what they're doing on defense with just talent. And they're, they've gotten run roughshod over the last couple of weeks in particular. Georgia got the ball rolling in Jacksonville by just utterly dominating them, and, and Missouri went crazy on them last week, and South Carolina did as well, and they should have beaten the Gators by several touchdowns, but as as we mentioned earlier, the turnovers kept them from doing it. But yeah, that defense is a shell of itself right now. No question. Scott, Gamecock pass rush gets a game ball this week, and uh, you give yourself a game ball with the you know a strange tactic that you imp- uh, that you employed in the third quarter. A lot of folks probably haven't heard about this. Yeah, <laughs> I am still one of the most superstitious fans uh, on the face of the earth, and and I even genuinely sit and think about the fact that I know that my superstitions do not mean anything, wearing favorite caps or 
sitting in a particular seat or something like that. I know they don't, and yet I still do them anyway because I just start thinking, well, it can't hurt. I mean, we it, it probably isn't going to change our fortunes, but why not? And so during the game, I felt like uh, I was just talking nervously. It was just my wife and myself, so there really was no reason for me to just be delivering a constant monologue throughout the game, but that's what I was doing. And I finally decided to ban myself from talking, and that was about the time South Carolina seemed to take control of the game. So then I was afraid to say anything after that and break up the the karma, and fortunately the game got held on. So deflated balls a part of your column every week as well, Scott, and uh, Gamecocks four turnovers is the first deflator this week. No doubt. We already discussed Jake Bentley's interceptions. Those were pretty brutal because they came at times when South Carolina was moving the ball effectively. You had that insane sequence where Jake Bentley threw an interception from his own end zone, which was intercepted, and then was in the process of being run in for a pick-six when Florida inexplicably fumbled the football into the end zone. And South Carolina recovers and, and then mounted a little bit of a drive and they're within sight, you know, sight of the, of the goal line and they're about to put this thing in and really put Florida behind the eight ball and we threw another interception. So that, it was tough to get any momentum going for long with things like that happening. Yep. Florida, South Carolina stopped Florida at one point as they did most of the day and that drive got extended because the Gators punted, and a um, member of South Carolina's special teams had his back to the ball and grazed it, and Florida recovered. So things like that are why you only win by eight in a game hmm. that you feel like you thoroughly dominated. Gamecock inability to pick up a first down when facing short yardage and missed field goals, two themes for 2017, unfortunately. Yeah, it's, uh, things that frustrate South Carolina fans right now. I don't think there's any doubt about it. The Gamecocks should have gone for that fourth and one. There, There is no questioning of Will Muschamp's decision right there. They have gotten to a point where, you know, they'll reach a certain position on the field and feel that they're probably not going to be able to make a field goal from that distance. And yet it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to punt either because if you punt it into the end zone, you end up netting, you know, like, 17 yards and that doesn't help you so you might as well go for it and the reality is fourth and one just needs to be a play that the Gamecocks can pick up and uh over and over again this season it's happened on third and one often as well they just can't seem to move that file forward miss field goals (laughs) man what else can we say I mean he Parker White had a lot of defenders uh, this week who talked about the snap not being very good and hit it off the, you know, the upright so he had the leg, all that kind of stuff. And I get it. You know, he seems like a good kid. His celebrations have been fun. Everybody's pulling for him. Um, but the reality just remains, no matter how that field goal got missed, the bottom line is South Carolina has now left 37 points off the board this season due to missed field goals and missed extra points, and that just won't get it done. Yeah. Man, that's rough. 
Hey, Scott, bottom line, 7-3 and three for the Gamecocks and a winning record in the SEC despite the fact that South Carolina has played the bulk of the season without its best offensive player in Debo Samuel and one of its best defensive players in Bryson Allen Williams. Progress feels pretty good. It feels great. You know, 7-3 and three feels great after, you know, two years ago you were 3-9. and nine. Last year you were trying to trudge up the hill and put the pieces back together of a broken program. So now we know... Without a shadow of a doubt, the Gamecocks are going to win more games than they did last year. They are going to finish with a winning SEC record, which they hadn't done in a while. And uh, they have a chance to put some more wins on the board. you got Wofford this week. You will have a bowl game uh, somewhere that should be winnable. So there's still time for this season to really turn into something special. Seven wins and counting for the Gamecocks and Scott's column this week is a program in progress. Scott, good stuff today. Thanks very much. Enjoyed it, Emerson. Talk to you next week. All right, that's my man Scott Davis, and I'm Emerson Phillips, and this is Gamecock Central Radio. Thanks for being with us, friends. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.